are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest. These are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to The Funniest People I Know. I'm George Kloris, and here with me today are my very funny co-hosts, Abigail Williams. What's up, guys? And Alexandria Sweat. What's up, George? Joining us today is a very special guest, a very good friend of the pod. He's a comedy writer. He has recently directed a very funny short, and he used to be host on this really funny podcast and was very popular, TJ Jackson. How's it going, TJ? Hey, it's good to be back. I'm like that college student that keeps going back to your high school, even though I graduated. (laughs) It's weird that you brought your laundry. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say something about that. There's a bookshelf behind you, and I'm so used to you sitting in a closet. This is such a new aesthetic. I wish the viewers could see, or the listeners, the viewers. Do you view a podcast? You know what I mean. I don't think you do. No. All you need to know is that the top shelf is all Harry Potter and all the rest are just for looks. <laughs> As yeah. it should be. Read us some of those titles on the second shelf. Water for Elephants, that's boring. Catch I thought boring. that was good. Yeah, I still have not seen the movie. And <laughs> I don't want to watch that before I read, so that's why it's not been read yet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and my Everything Dreams book that interprets dreams. I remember that treasure. Yeah. I need to borrow that. There is an entire shelf full of books back there. TJ just could only read two titles for some reason. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you, I, I don't want to be able to be like, what's wrong with her? There's two books on that I mean, shelf. What's she there's about? a lot of reasons they can ask what's wrong with me, but at least this one's not going to be the one that pulls me under. Another one is Clay Aiken's autobiography that was gifted to me from Will Amato. Wow. I was looking for that book. I want to read that in Literature Corner. I might have to borrow it from you. You can have it. (laughs) I'll bring it back. Don't you worry. I don't want it. (laughs) I still have yet to read it. I'm not going to read it before I read Neil Patrick Harris's autobiography, which I also have. Okay. Such great literature. Wonderful. (laughs) TJ's bookshelf is our literature corner. (laughs) That's going to be the source of them. One time I did go as Tom Cruise for Halloween, so I had this, Scientology for Dummies. Oh, my gosh. We cannot get away from Tom Cruise on this podcast. Or Scientology. I won second place at the costume contest. That's funny. CJ, we do something new lately. We kick off the show with a round of what's making you laugh. Each of us are going to tease a story, and then we're all going to vote which one we're going to dive into. Okay. Alex, what's making you laugh this week? Megxit. Yes. Okay. Intriguing. I I think I know what that might be about. It's been big. (laughs) Abigail, how about you? What's making me laugh this week? Is Christmas at a funeral? Okay. What's making me laugh this week is I learned about macrophilia, the fetish of being crushed by a giant. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Wow. I've been watching Megxit coverage all day. Maybe this should just be like its own podcast. It could be. Yeah. Sure, it will be. Yes. Can we just say that's our idea? If you do it, you're copying us and owe us money. Yeah, exactly. Copyright, copyright, exactly. copyright, copyright. That's how it works, right? This has been patented. If you can create a podcast based solely on Britney Spears' Instagram account, I think you could do one on Mexit. That's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Exactly. 
Let's do Christmas at a funeral. One vote for me. Great. Do kind of want to hear about this Christmas at the funeral thing. <laughs> I'm kind of intrigued. But mark my words, I will talk about this Megxit on here because it is so much and my ass has been dying because Black yeah. Twitter is ruthless. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if, if I could get anal swab approved, then I think you're going to get Megxit out here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Abigail, tell us about Christmas at a funeral. Many of you know that I have grown up in a church world, lots of singing at life events, weddings, funerals, all of this. I was talking to a musician friend of mine last week, and he was telling me about this funeral where the elderly widow was telling him what song she wanted him to sing at her husband's funeral. And she said, Jingle Bells. And he said, what? I'm sorry, wait a minute. What was his favorite song? I'll just sing his favorite song. And she said, yeah, it was Jingle Bells. And he no. Says, are you sure? That's the, yeah. And she's crying. She's just the sweet picture of beauty. And <laughs> he gets up there at this funeral in front of all these congregants <laughs> and he looks to his right and he looks to his left and he does a little cough <clears throat> dashing through the snow <laughs> oh in a one horse open sleigh. <laughs> The widow was sobbing, sobbing. <laughs> Over the hills we go. Just sobbing, sobbing. He makes it through somehow by a miracle truly of the Lord. At the end of the funeral, this sweet woman walks up to him sobbing and says, it wasn't jingle bells. It was a hymn about bells. It was like the golden bells. And I just forgot. <laughs> and so, this man just says jingle bells with not a lick of context at this funeral. Um, and it wasn't even the right song. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder I what, what point she really <laughs> Yeah. I bet she realized it when she heard the word dashing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's so funny. I mean, you turn in your check at that point, you know, like you can have the money, ma'am. I don't I don't want to check for that. But just it's a donation. I just sorry. <laughs> at least there's not a person whose favorite song truly in is. the whole world <laughs> of all songs ever written is Jingle Bells. That's true. That was upsetting me the most. That for sure gives me a better outlook on humanity. <laughs> mm. That just really got me. As someone who was saying at many, many funerals, and truly, they're precious events, but you have to laugh sometimes at some of the things that happened here. And that oh. one really got me. That took my breath away. <laughs> If I was at that funeral, I'd have been shivering and shaking (laughs) with tears in my eyes, trying not to laugh out loud. I wouldn't have been able to handle it. Yeah, same for sure. Y'all, we should do that to TJ's funeral. What? Tell them your favorite song is something terrible. I'm going to get up there sobbing and be like, I'm going to sing this song. It was one of TJ's favorites. It's a small world after (laughs) all. I would sit up in my coffin and stop you. <laughs> well, that would, well, that would be the most exciting funeral I'd ever attended then. <laughs> you would freak out. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A way to make a comeback at your funeral. <laughs> like, exactly. It's not the song. It's not the song. It was Toxic by Britney Spears. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is a good one. Oh, my God. Abigail, I hope that you get the opportunity to sing Toxic by Britney Spears. As do I. Funeral. 
I don't want you to die anytime soon. I yeah, want to TJ, feel very old. Yeah, I want to be like a grandma singing this song. Oh, <laughs> toxic. Oh. That'll make it even better. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll wear the same costume that Britney would have worn in my old age, and that would also be wonderful. <laughs> I can't wait for this new one. It's going to be a delight. <laughs> Dude, I can't wait. I can't wait for TJ's funeral. That's what Georgian Kaluris just said on the air. Thank you, George. I, I guess that might be mean. But I mean it in the nicest possible way. Oh yeah, I know I get it. I know I get it. It sounds really fun. Yeah, honestly. that's great. That's... What would be y'all's song? What would be the one song that's sung at your funeral? I want my funeral to be a turn up. I have thought about this. I literally want it to be a lituation. Lituation. You have the best words. Drinks on me, some good food on me. We can be sad. I might not even have my body there. Have a good picture of me. Somebody singing Beyonce's End of Time. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I hope I'm invited. Me too. Drinks on me. <laughs> How much money are you prepared to spend on this funeral? <laughs> yes. Everyone needs to wear blue. Mm. Mm-hmm. A whole thing. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm. Okay. Well, yeah, Abigail, George. I do really love Whitney, but I also like Madonna's Express Yourself a lot, and I think that'd be fun at a funeral. Okay, dance with somebody. Somebody. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Okay, I figured mine out. Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Oh, that's really Just because I like the song. That's the only reason. And you'll be rolling. And I'll be in the, exactly, rolling in the deep, oh, like at no. the grave. Thank you for understanding. That's better than Express Yourself by Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> We're ranking who's got the best funeral. I'd go to Alex's just because she said free drinks. <laughs> <laughs> I know this is so morbid. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Who's going to die first so I can get to the lituation? So get to that lituation. <laughs> yes. I want mine to be called. Abigail's lituation because of you we can put credit for you on the program you should Alexandria came up with this term let's go to something a little less morbid inspired by Mr. Potato Head's recent news that he's just going to become Potato Head TJ you've prepared a list for us about some new toys yeah I just received a list of toys that the Republican Party will be releasing next week I got the top toys here and ready to go. I can't wait. Hasbro introduces Karen Barbie. She's got a haircut that says, can I speak to your manager in a crazy smile that will haunt your dreams? (laughs) Karen Barbie comes complete with an Old Navy denim vest that's fashionable for any viral video and a cell phone to call the cops whenever someone looks sus. Face mask, not included. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Looking to escape from your state's natural disaster? Introducing Lego Cancun Luxury Resort. Build the perfect getaway for any Republican senator's family and their neighbors. (laughs) (laughs) Just remember his daughter's idea. Wink. (laughs) (laughs) Have you heard of monkeys in a barrel? Well, say hello to monkeys in a cracker barrel. And I love Cracker Barrel. I don't care what anybody says. These monkeys are dressed in aprons with fun southern names like Suzanne. Just don't look too hard at the decor. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Guess who? Republican edition. Does your guy look like he was funded by the oil industry? Or does he look fresh off the jet from visiting Mar a Lago? We'll never tell. Wink. (laughs) I love it. 
Introducing Nobamacare Operation. Uh-oh, it looks like there's a pencil lodged into this guy's femur. Too bad he doesn't have health insurance. Out you go, freeloader. Turn your little sandbox into a glass box as he bombs Syria with little green soldiers. Let's boots on the ground and a questionable invasion strategy. (laughs) (laughs) That was fantastic, TJ. Thank you so much for that list. That was great. Thank you. My day is complete. I've had a TJ's list. Man. I know, right? It's been too long. Way too long. Thank you, guys. That was a treat. All right, TJ, we're going to ask you to stick around and join us as a judge on our next versus battle. Yes, I can't wait. We've got a new twist on the versus battles. Last time we did movie stars. And Alex, I was convinced going into that one that I was going to win in a landslide with Tom Cruise. And the internet has spoken, and you and Miss Cecily Tyson are definitely the champions. Exactly, because when you jump on people's couches, like you have no home training, people disown you. Mm -hmm. You can't jump on Oprah's couch and then win a versus battle. Yeah, that among many other things. (laughs) Today, Alexandria and I are doing Versus Battle Comedian Edition. Yes. Before we get going, I want to propose two new rules. Rule number one, it cannot end in a tie. The judges have to decide at the end of the game who is the winner. Oh, snap. Okay. Rule number two, whoever loses the battle is out and then Abigail joins the next one as the challenger. Ooh, I And we like rotate it. out. Interesting. We up in the stakes. Yeah. Okay, Ding. Okay. I would be great at a versus battle. <laughs> <laughs> so one of us will be battling Abigail the next time, but let's begin versus battle comedian edition. Six categories today. The first one is breakthrough performance. Second is the legacy or what will be the first thing mentioned in their obituary. The third is their best show created from their comedy. Fourth is the funniest moment. Fifth is a dramatic turn when they stop being comedians. And the sixth is our personal favorite. Alex, who did you pick? I picked Margaret Cho. Oh, awesome. I love her. Solid choice. Okay, and I picked Eddie Murphy. Oh! I don't mean not to be biased right at the beginning of these things. I'm probably the worst judge ever. I just saw Coming to America. Don't judge too harshly then. Okay. (laughs) I was entertained by that. I enjoyed it, but it's not excellent. I haven't seen the second one, but I loved the first one. First round, breakthrough performance. What do you have, Alex? In the late 80s, Baby Girl had a small role on The Golden Place, the sequel. Oh, my God. Golden Girl. I did not know that. There's a sequel to Golden Girls? I had no idea. Called The Golden Palace. They buy a hotel in Miami, and Sophia, Rose, and Blanche are running the hotel. Margaret Cho had a small role, and that was her first show, The Golden Palace. Okay, that's pretty good. I think I'm the only person who ever watched that show when it was on the air. I've got Eddie Murphy, and his breakthrough performance was on SNL. SNL in the late 70s had started to drag, stopped being funny. 1980, Eddie Murphy joins the cast. He brings the original characters of Mr. Robinson, Gumby, and Buckwheat, (gasps) and just blows up the show. Could you be mine? 
Would you be mine? Yeah. Automatic vote for this. I love Toby. <laughs> yeah, that was that was really great. It's the Mr. Robinson's place for me. I can't even lie. I might have to vote for this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Judges? Eddie Murphy in SNL or Margaret Cho in Golden Palace, a show that only I watched and y'all have only heard about for about 30 seconds now. Going Eddie Murphy for this one. Yeah, Eddie Murphy's pretty good. Okay. Legacy performance. What do you got? Well, my girl Margaret Cho was nominated for an Emmy for her guest starring role on 30 Rock as Kim Jong-il. That was hilarious. <laughs> Excuse me, lady. You do the vow? You know, speak now or forever hold your peace, but... Oh, my God, are you? No, I'm nobody. Kim Jong-il is dead. I'm only waiter. I'm greatest waiter of all time. That was really good stuff. I loved that. But 1988, Eddie Murphy blows up the box office with Coming to America. It's the number three movie in the country that year. It earns $128 million dollars. I love Kim Jong-il's performance, but it's definitely got to be Coming to America. Mm. This is a hard one for me. (laughs) I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I just have to tell you, this is hard for me. TJ, what are you thinking? I think 30 Rock. I love every watching the show. Yeah. Coming to America was a classic. It, like, changed my life. (laughs) If it was anything else, I'd have to go with Margaret here. But I have to do Coming to America. I just have to. All right. Round two ends in a tie. Round three, their best TV show. In 1994 on ABC, based off of her stand-up, Margaret Cho had a show by the name of All American Girl. Which I loved. I loved this show as a child. In hindsight, I know there was some backlash, especially from the Korean community for the show and some of the things that she was writing about. But for the time, it was very trailblazing. We hadn't had a show featuring East Asian families or predominantly Asian families from that point, probably up until 2015. And when we get fresh off the boat, mm-hmm. your girl blazed trails. Eddie ain't blazed no trails. I know that's a lie. Oh, that yeah. is a lie. <laughs> I'll give you that. Certainly not in TV. I've already used SNL, so I can't really use that mm. for this category. Mm-hmm. And and Eddie Murphy hasn't done any TV. But Eddie Murphy did step outside his comfort zone in 1985, and he released the single Party All the Time. Yeah, I got to go with Margaret on this one. (laughs) No disrespect, Eddie, but I'm Margaret all the way here. You're saying that the song Party All the Time does not win the best TV show category versus an actual TV show? (laughs) That's what I'm saying, yeah. (laughs) I guess that's fair. TJ, how about you? Oh, yeah, I love that song. (laughs) It's a great song, but it's not a TV show. It's certainly not a TV show. (laughs) It, It was the best I could do with the category. This is an outrage. If I can vote, I'll vote for All-American Girl. You cannot vote. It's up to me and TJ. I'm voting for Margaret. TJ? It's voting for Party All the Time. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. I guess that round is a tie. And this feels <laughs> really out of whack. Funniest moment. What you got, Alex? I picked something random, really just because I liked her poster for this stand-up. But it was her revolution stand-up, only because she had a poster where it was Margaret Cho as Che Guevara. That really warmed my little baby activist heart back in the day when I was a teen. I was going to pick something from Raw, but I'm understanding that Raw is considered problematic and that we're not supposed to like it anymore. I thought that instead I'd go with my second favorite funny moment of Eddie Murphy. And I normally do not like potty humor, but this one just kills me. It is the dinner scene from 1996, Nutty Professor with the Clumps family. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Recent studies have shown that certain people are genetically predisposed to gaining weight. Someday in the near future, we might even find a cure. Only thing you need to study is your ass. I got a big ass. Your mama got a big ass. You do have a big ass. Don't tell me nothing. Your ass is as big in our family. So you need to get used to that. And I don't care what diet you go on, you can sew up your stomach and your asshole. You're going to always be fat. This scene is the best of Eddie Murphy. It's really funny. And he plays all the roles. I just think it's one of the funniest things he's ever done. Yeah, I'm going Eddie on that one because that was a strong, (laughs) strong performance. Yeah, they all have, like, IBS or something, right? (laughs) Yeah, at the end. It's, like, yeah, contagious. Oh, my God, TJ. So, TJ, is that an official vote for Eddie on that? Yeah, I'm a sucker for bathroom. I'm a sucker for IBS. What did Margaret Cho do as a dramatic turn? In 1997, she had a guest-starring role in Face Off. Nick Cage is not my judge, but that's more serious than comedy. And she went on to do more guest starring roles in Sex in the City. And she wrote her own film by the name of Bam Bam Celeste. So she's serious. She takes herself seriously as an artist. So that is my claim to fame. We're going to stake it and we're going to ground this with Face Off. Face Off was fun. That was a really fun movie. That's um, the one with Nick Cage and Travolta. John Travolta, right? yeah. It's very dramatic and I don't think plausible, but it was a lot of fun. Eddie Murphy took a dramatic turn in 2006 when he was in Dreamgirls. He won a bunch of awards, including the Golden Globe for Best Supporting Actor. He was expected to win the Oscar, and then he lost unceremoniously. I'm putting Dreamgirls out there. I think that was a very successful dramatic turn. A lot of comedians can't pull it off. This is a hard one for me because I really respect Margaret Cho a lot. Yes. And I really love Eddie Murphy a heck ton. <laughs> the question is Face Off versus Dream Girls, right? Dream Girls. Eddie all the way. <laughs> all right, TJ, how about you? I'm a sucker for gay film, and I got to go with Dream Girls. <laughs> <laughs> our last category, our personal favorites. What's your personal favorite, Margaret Cho? My personal favorite Margaret Cho moment comes from her stand-up show, Notorious CHO, which already the name of that, I love that. Obviously, it's a play off of the late, great rapper Notorious B.I.G. She has a bit in there where she talks about her options and dreams being limited. My dreams were somewhat limited. I would dream maybe someday... I could be an extra on MASH. 
this cracks me up because growing up marginalized in a country like this, when you see little bits and pieces of representation and your dreams are very different, it's not the average like, oh, I want to be a doctor or a veterinarian. Yeah, I want to be a janitor that sings my blues. (laughs) I want to be a magical Negro that heals all the people. I don't know, whatever. I just related to my girl Margaret Cho in that moment, and I cracked up very much so hearing that clip about having limited dreams. That's good. That's really good. My pick is what's got to be my favorite Eddie Murphy project. It's the movie Dolomite Is My Name that came out a couple years ago in 2019, it was grossly underrated. A lot of people haven't seen it. It is super funny, and I connect with it because it's about this guy who's just trying to make a movie with his friends. And then it turns into something, and it's just such a funny movie and such a great story. Dolomite is my name is my pick. I am now going to watch that movie, but I haven't seen it yet. And I kind of go with Margaret on this one. Yes! No disrespect to Eddie, no, and I'm no. sure what was very funny, but I'm going Margaret <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go with Margaret as well. Alexander, you sound sound very passionate about this film, and yeah, the point. Well, that's fair, (laughs) but everybody still should watch Dolomite Is My Name. It's free on Netflix. I will will be watching it. It's free if you pay for Netflix, (laughs) (laughs) or if you have a friend with a password. (laughs) Yeah, which is all of us. It's clear that Eddie won this one. Eddie. Good job, Eddie. Eddie. I think we should send him an award. Yeah, the funniest people I know versus Battle Award. And the awards will look like a piece of paper printed off in black and white because we don't have money for color printers. Yeah, like a nice certificate. With the best clip art we can find. He can put it right next to his Golden Globe. (laughs) We got to get the card stock. (laughs) Yeah, we'll take it up a notch for Eddie, but we're still going black and white. We're not paying for color printer. (laughs) No color printer in this budget. I guess this means that next time that we do a versus battle, I'm going head-to-head with the one and only G&K. I'll let you pick the category. Oh, well, then I can't wait. (laughs) I can't. That'll be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, TJ, for joining us and sharing your list. Yeah, TJ, it was great to see you again. Oh, good to see you all again as well. I had a blast. I'll see you all later. Bye. Bye. All right, we're back in the writer's graveyard this week, and Abigail, you have agreed to take a turn in the hot seat. That's right. I came across an old sketch that I wrote years ago where I didn't even title the people yet, and I don't have an (laughs) ending. (laughs) I can't wait. It was very dialogue-driven, very old, and I thought it might just be fun to... Would shop it here. Ah, ha, ha, gotcha. Okay, that's good. Um, So, George, I was wondering if you would read character B, and I'll read character A. I I would love to play character B. That has been one of my life goals. I love it. That's great. And, Alexandria, there's only two directions that need to be read, the very first and the very last. Would you take care of that for us? I got you. Great. Wood Shopping by Abigail Williams. At the open, we see two people chopping wood in a secluded forest. They are both silent, working on the task at hand. The labor is rigorous and difficult. Throughout the sketch, they continue chopping wood unless noted to take a break. Everything is quiet until A, who is growing increasingly frustrated at the difficulty of the work, says, See, I told you we'd get stuck out here. 
What do you mean you told me we'd get stuck out here? I told you we'd get stuck out here, and we did. And so I was right. Look, I don't know what you're playing at, but that's not how I remember the conversation going down. Oh, it's not? No, it's not. Well, how did the conversation go then? Oh, look, B, there's an ad up on Craigslist for some work. We should look into it, seeing as we both don't have jobs and our rent is due again next week. Again? What do you mean again? I would have said again like that. That doesn't sound like me at all. That's what you said, A. I'm telling you, that's what you said. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, then what? What else did I supposedly say? Because quite honestly, I don't think we're on the same page here at all. You're right. We're not on the same page, A. We're just chopping this effing firewood like we're from the little house on the prairie, only under much sketchier circumstances. And with much less Ma and Sister and Michael Landon, Though, the guy did say to call him Pa, so... All right, okay, yes. Maybe I did mention that we should search for a way to pay our rent this time around, but when I brought up that particular ad on Craigslist, it was more of a suggestion than anything else. It was like an offer to get the conversation going, like a, hey, let's get the odd job search started. Oh, look, here's a random job cutting firewood in an undisclosed location from a guy named Pa who says he'll drive us to the destination in his truck on his own so we don't even have to deal with transportation. This sounds like a good starting point and that's it it was just supposed to be a starting point jeez you give a guy an inch what the hell is that supposed to mean what give a guy an inch you've never heard that saying before i've heard the saying before you idiot i want to know what it's supposed to mean in the context of this conversation oh well just forget it all right Let's go back to the situation at hand. You did not tell me anything, and we are in what feels like, to me, a bleep ton of danger. Yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Honestly, I really thought he was a cool guy until the blindfold thing happened. I don't think I really saw that one coming. Oh, my gosh. Saw it coming. Do you get it? That is hilarious. (laughs) Yeah. So, like I was saying... I think we're probably in some real danger here, and I've given it a lot of thought, and I don't think we should still be here when he comes back for us. Who, Pa? Yeah, Pa, the creepy guy, whatever the hell his name actually is. Him. We need to be out of here when he gets back. But, B, we are stuck out here in the middle of nowhere. We literally have no idea where we are. How are we supposed to find our way out of here without Pa? First of all, can we stop referring to him as Pa? His name isn't Pa, and it's freaking me out. We can call him George or Gary, something like that. We're done with the name Pa. This George Gary guy is really going to help us find our way out. Why do you think he has us here in the first place chopping up all this wood and, oh, my God. What? Wood. He has us chopping wood. Oh, why didn't I see it before? This must be like some terrible analogy for what he wants to see happen in our future. Chopping up more firewood? No! Whacking off his wood! Or, oh my gosh, why didn't I see this before? (laughs) All those psycho murderers and horror movies love foreshadowing and messing with people's minds. This must be part of his sick, twisted game. I can't believe we actually gave him our cell phones. Well, to be fair, I just thought he didn't want any distractions in the workplace. This is insane. What were we thinking? That we needed to pay our rent for once? Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's what we're thinking. Let's face it. 
we were desperate. And this is where desperation leads you, isn't it? Apparently into terrible decision-making and trouble. <sighs> wow. Well, you have to hand it to him. He does know how to pick a spot, doesn't he? Could we be in a more beautiful forest? You know, I guess you're right. This is a beautiful location. It is. And, you know, the more I think about it, if I have to die today, I guess I'd rather die in a lovely forest rather than our nasty, broken down, hardly ever actually paid for apartment. Yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. Though, why would we need to die today at all in our apartment or elsewhere is a mystery to me. All right. All right. Shake it off. We're cool. We're fine. And and no one is dying today if I can help it. Except... Maybe Wood Creeper Man. Listen up, here's the plan. Suddenly, A and B look up into the distance. Eyes like a deer in headlights, terrified. They hear something that sounds like a truck coming down the road. Oh my gosh, B, it's him. He's coming. What are we gonna do? Just stay calm. We're going to, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we have access. He doesn't. We're gonna, we're gonna hide over there behind those logs. And when he steps out of the truck, we're go, we're gonna axe him until he's either dead or stops moving. Then we'll take his keys from whatever body part he has them on. What? We'll jump in the truck and then we'll drive the hell out of here. There have to be some kind of truck tracks we can follow to get out. Come on, let's hide. A and B rush behind a large pile of logs and hide behind them, waiting listening dun 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 never finished it (laughs) oh my god oh my god that is so so funny i thought you were gonna say so so long (laughs) because it is it is the longest sketch of my life no i wasn't it's really funny i love the dialogue i love these characters and i'm dying to know what happens do you have any idea i don't My problem with anything I write is that I feel like I like to have a lot of fun in the middle, and then the ending's always a mystery, and unfortunately, people (laughs) want an ending. (laughs) Yeah, you can't just stop and be like, all right, thank you, audience, good night. That was enough. I laughed as much as I wanted to in this one, so I'm ready to move on. (laughs) Is it just me, but I was getting a little workplace waiting for Godot vibe? Thank you, Alex. Yes, that that was actually part of what it was based off of, was That's waiting for awesome. Godot, and then there's another absurdist play, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I love Tom Stoppard, and this was like a play on that. It actually came yes. from an improv scene I did when I was taking some improv classes, and me and a friend were in the woods chopping wood, And the scene wasn't really about this. I just was intrigued by why we were in the woods chopping wood. (laughs) It just kind (laughs) of went from there. I think it's really great. Abigail, I think you have to finish it and come back, and we have to read the end. Because I'm dying to know what happens. I think they're wrong. That's my theory. And I'm very concerned about George, Gary. Yeah, I know. I, it's funny. I did not name him George. This was before I met George. We'll believe that. Sure. Yeah, well, that's real. <laughs> Alex, I would love any opinion do you have because I'm just really stumped here. I'm with George. You definitely need to finish it. We need that ending. We need to see what is coming, what is about to happen to these two guys. I'm a theater nerd, so I just love the waiting for Godot-esque vibe. I love that banter and that back and forth. I want to see more. All right. Yeah. What's the worst thing that can happen and the funniest? And then the worst, funniest thing is where you go. I want you to write the ending, George. Let's give it to a bunch of writers and see what we get. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll see who has the best ending, and then we'll put my yeah. name on it regardless. So that yeah, exactly. Me. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. All right. Well, we'll revisit it in the future. And uh, thank you guys for reading that with me. I appreciate it. No, thank you for sharing it. This has been another episode of The Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to TJ Jackson for joining us today. 
We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, or share it with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. See ya. Bye.